Hey, you guys, it's Day Day, aka Strange D, and this is Strange Black Media, media specifically for Black LGBTQ, Black women, and allies. I'm here with Mathis Bailey. Hello, Mathis. Hello, Day Day. Am I saying Mathis right? Is that how you pronounce oh, your name? That's how you pronounce it, yeah, Mathis. It's also okay. funny that most people say Matthias, but it's actually Mathis. Okay, yeah. I'm very, um, <laughs> like, I read it how it's um, written. Yeah, you said it perfectly. So I want to give you guys a, um, a, a intro to Mathis straight from his website, MathisBailey.com. Mathis was born and raised in Detroit, Michigan. He moved to Toronto and completed his education in journalism from Seneca York University. And he's written about food, book reviews, and he's also um, done that for York, um, York University's newspaper. And then this is going to be hard. X Excalibur. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He interned at a South Asian entertainment magazine called Anukai. Anu- oh, it's a tongue twister. Anoki Media. Yeah, it's Hindi. It's Hindi. It stands for unique. Okay. Yeah. And he researched Bollywood celebrities and produced cooking segments. He actually visited India in 2000. Six, mm-hmm. and he fell in love with the culture, the heat, and the food. Um, he currently has a YouTube channel called Matt's Books and Bikes, where he does book reviews and also gives very um good advice on how to become an author, how to get into um, you know, this um, becoming an author. Um, and then of course he's written his first. LGBT novel called Confused Spice, and that's why I have him here. Hello, Mathis. Hello, Dede. Okay, um, so the, I, the first thing I wanted to um ask you, well, you know, this is being this being a black LGBTQ podcast, what was it like growing up black and gay in Detroit? Um, growing up black, gay in Detroit, um. Yeah, uh, it's very. I had a actually a positive upbringing. Uh, uh, being gay, um, you know, I came out to my parents uh, when I was uh, night twenty, about twenty years old, and they were my mother. Uh, I told her she was very open to it. She had her questions, but uh, and my my father he was open to it as well. So. Um, yeah, so I had I really didn't go through a really lot of uh, dramatic experience with my parents coming out. So um, yeah, but living as a gay black man in Detroit, I would have to say um, there are some people that are you know very still uh, apprehensive about knowing someone that's gay and. Uh, just, it's still that it's just, you know still that phobia in Detroit, um, but like I said, I I didn't have a really positive, I mean a really negative experience being uh, gay and uh, in Detroit. So yeah, if someone asked me like, "Are you gay?" I would be honest, yes, I'm gay. Like I said, I didn't ever have any lashing out or people you know being very uh, just just rude about it so very positive upbringing being gay that's really surprising even uh-huh. in school like even in school you know oh oh in school uh yeah actually in school 
Um, you know, I was actually, I was bullied in school uh, when it came to homosexuality um, growing up, actually. So, um, you know, I had this one kid that wrote uh, homophobic, um, uh, like a homophobic, I guess, slur on the uh, on the chalkboard behind me one day. And, you know, math it, you know, that wasn't a slur, but it was derogatory. It, the way he wrote it on the board, like math is, is gay, stuff like that. Uh, so that was, you know, I still remember that incident. I think I was in the uh, eighth grade. So mm -hmm. that happened. And of course that guy, he got expelled. Um, he got so, expelled for that? Yeah, he got expelled um, wow. because we got in an argument. And so the teacher put us out. And so um, he we got sent to the principal office and his file was pretty thick. And I was not, when I was in school, I was not a troublemaker at all. And so my, I didn't have anything in my file when the principal looked in it. So he immediately uh, bleed my story over his, and and so he exp he expelled him. Yeah, he probably was on a third strike. Yeah, already thick. Um, so, but uh, other than that, I never got like being up for being gay in Detroit. It was just you know how kids are. What do you think? Cause you need, I play with girls, of course. Right. Uh, you know, and you know. When uh, when guys see you playing with girls, you know they automatically assume that you're gay, and so mm -hmm. they would say little snide remarks behind your back. And so I dealt with that, but you know it wasn't to the extreme that you know, uh, like most gay people go through when it comes to like suicide and stuff like that. But um, but I was taunted as a kid, yes, but not to that extreme. You understand? Does, does that make sense? Yeah, I yeah. dealt with it. Uh, I dealt with it. So it yeah. makes sense to me. I had I have a very similar story. Mm -hmm. I'm a big dude. Like I'm kind of tall. I'm like five eleven. I'm kind of you know husky. So me being you know my physical appearance, like not too many people wanted to fuck with me mm -hmm. off the bat. But also I did get that because you know something about gay men, we do gravitate towards women, especially black women. Some mm -hmm. of them can be very supportive. Yeah. Um, so some of them do they kind of like side eye me, oh, because I'm hanging out with all the girls, not really the guys. Yeah. And it actually wasn't until high school that I got my first um black gay friend. And unfortunately, our friendship ended um mm -hmm. <laughs> last year. He did something really horrible, but you know, I did have that, you know, some some homophobic taunts. But for the most part, I had a really good childhood. Not a lot of, you know, homophobia towards me. I had some issues with my dad, you know, actually. And I was going to ask you because you said parents. So you grew up with both of your parents, both of your parents inside the household, right? Yes. Okay, so because a, a lot of people try to say, oh, you know, black gay men, single moms, no dad around, but you had your dad around. Yes, yes. And my dad was um was actually in and out of my life as well, so mm -hmm. I did have some kind of male figure in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, so you're getting older, you're you're applying to colleges. How did you um come across Seneca York? college like why canada like how did you get to that um that place oh so well my spouse he actually 
found a job here in Canada. Um, so we relocated from Detroit to, um, to Toronto. And so once I was here, I decided to go into journalism. And so that's how that came about. Yeah, I just wanted to finish school. So uh, when I was in school in Detroit, I actually was going to school for, uh, oh, for communications. And then hard, I didn't finish. And so I just wanted to finish in communications and I ended up doing that in Toronto. Okay, if you don't mind me asking, is your spouse black? No, he's Indian. Okay, so you, <laughs> so you uh -huh. are actually married to a, a Indian yeah. guy. Did, did you meet him in Detroit? Detroit? We met in Detroit. Yeah. So he's American. No, he's uh, he's Indian. He's um, yeah. He actually he was on a visa when he was in uh, in the U.S. on a work visa, and so okay. yeah, so uh, yeah. But we end up moving to Canada. But he's actually Indian. Okay, it is so funny because mm -hmm. I was going to ask you, are you Pierre? Am I Pierre? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not Pierre. Uh, even though we have a lot of similarities in a book. Yeah, you do. Yeah, but it's funny when you write the story. When I write the story, uh, the characters take their own. When I first wrote it, it had. You know, I wrote it in my voice and kind of, but once you start writing, it's like the the character takes their own uh, personality. And so I, I, I goes, it just go, we write, it just goes everywhere. And so he just took on his own personality. And so, uh, yeah, but we have a lot in common, but Pierre is not me. Not really. Because I was no. going to ask you this because there are a lot of similarities. You both are from Detroit. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, that's the that's the thing I started with. I was like, okay, I'm gonna write something that I know, and so, but if I can like rewrite the book, I, he, of course, it'd be some from somewhere else. <laughs> but at the time when I wrote it, I was like, I was gonna write from where I feel comfortable, where I know, and so it started off in Detroit, and and so that's what I started off with. Then the story, then when I started writing the character more, is he just took his own uh, personality, just. He just went off from there, so he's just involved in the story. So, okay. Um, how long have you been interested in actually writing a book? Is it something from your childhood? Like, is it anything from your childhood that you that you that inspired you to want to become a journalist or be a author? Maybe. Um, I remember when I was a kid, uh, I was about uh, four, five. This is before I went to preschool. I remember I was at home. And my mother's be in the kitchen cooking, and like I said, be so fascinated about uh, seeing a mailman delivering mail to houses, whatever. And so I was just remember when I was remember when I was little, I said take out pieces of paper and write. Uh, actually, uh, scribble on a piece of paper like in cursive, but it wasn't it was like gibberish. And so I said like do that, and then I said fold it in, into a, a envelope and mail it off to people at homes. Like, I was to go in the neighborhood and across the street and mail my uh, mail to people. I don't know. So I think it started from there. I was fascinated with letter, uh, writing letters so for some reason. But um, that, from that point on, uh, my mother, she always wanted me to major in communications. Uh, she told, she one day she told me she had a dream that I major in communications. 
And uh, that always stuck with me when I was a kid. So I was like, okay. <laughs> when we came to a profession, I always thought communications. And so that's what I went to that. And, you know, of course, in communications and journalism, you write a lot. And so, um, so that rubbed off on me. And so I also write in journals as well. So I always kept a journal and wrote in that. And so, um, yeah, that's how I became a writer. Yeah. Very good. Um, Toronto versus... Um, but uh, let me... Let me just retract that. Um, when I was growing up, I never thought I would be okay. a writer or go actually, um, I don't know. I, I, I never thought I would be an author at, as that. I always thought I would go to cooking class, actually, because actually I was passionate um, about cooking. I love to cook. And when I moved to Toronto, I wanted to go to, uh, I wanted to go to a, um, a culinary arts school. However, uh, the schools here in Toronto are very backed up. They like they put place you on a waiting a waiting list, and so um, so I didn't want to like uh, wait to go go to college. And so that's the reason why I went into journalism because I couldn't get into any uh, culinary arts schools here. So journalism was the next uh, the next option. So that's what happened as well. So. Here we go. Another similarity between you and Pierre. Yeah. <laughs> Pierre's cooking school class or whatever, and then you wanted to be a cook and go to culinary arts school. So I, I find that really funny and interesting. Mm -hmm. Um. So you live in Toronto, right? Yes, I live in Toronto. Can we get some kind of like comparison of the vibe between um, Toronto and Detroit? So in Toronto, it's very diverse here. There's a lot of cultures here that mingle. Um, there's a lot of food restaurants here. We come here, you're bombarded with restaurants. Um, the people here are nice, They're very laid back. Um, yeah, it's a it's a very happening place. There's a lot of things happening, a lot of festivals. Uh, we have Carabana here, where all the Caribbean um, people and culture comes together and they celebrate their culture. And so it's a lot of festivals. Um, so that's a lot of fun. Uh, we have, you know, there's just a lot of things that happens here. Um, so that's what I really love about Toronto. Um, in Detroit, there's a, what I like about Detroit, it's very laid back. Uh, people are very, I feel like it's very real, down to earth. Um, this is a, it's just a realness when it comes to Detroit. Like, for example, you can stand in line at a supermarket and you can't, people will just engage you in a conversation about like sweet potatoes or, uh, you know, just, I don't know, they talk to you like you, their brother and sister in Detroit. So it just had that uh, homey vibe to it. Uh, so I, that's how I look at Detroit. Um, it's not very, uh, Detroit is very slow paced. It's not very happening in Detroit. Um, there's, only way there's uh, activity is just outside of Detroit, like in the suburbs. That's where a lot of uh, festivals goes on also in downtown as well we have a jazz festival that's really popular there um but yeah there's a very detroit is a very homey vibe to it okay if there would be one defining difference between toronto and detroit what would that be 
I'm sorry, what was the question? If there would be one defining difference between oh, life in Toronto and mm. life in Detroit, what would that be? Mm. Well, in, like I said, in Detroit, uh, when it comes to cultures in Detroit, there's pockets in Detroit. Uh, so out there, I still there's still like a separation in Detroit where it comes, like a segregation in Detroit. You know, there's the your pockets right. of the Arabic community. There's the um, Mexican community. There's the black community and there's the white community. So it's still very divided in Detroit. So it's not a lot of mingling per se in Detroit. Um, so that's I know that's the difference. When it comes to Toronto, there's a lot of mingling, a lot of culture um, inclusions. However, there's uh, in Toronto, there's also um, pockets, little pockets here and there when it comes to a community, like a Chinese community and stuff like that. However, right. it's not that extreme to the point where people are separated. So, um, but it's it's a lot more open here. I feel like it's a little more, there's a little more tolerancy here than compared to Detroit, especially when it comes to the gay community. It's more open here. Yeah, I definitely had, was going to ask you about, like, you being a black gay man in Detroit versus Toronto, so you're definitely more accepted in Toronto, you feel more at home in Toronto? Yeah, uh, I feel more accepted here, yeah. Um, hmm. Like, what in Detroit, Detroit, um, I can't say, I, like I said, I can't say I have any bad experience being gay uh, in Detroit as well. But I, I feel like I've been more open here in Toronto than Detroit. Cause I came here when I was um, 26, 26 years old. And so when my time in Detroit, um, you know, I didn't have any bad experience being gay. So, but I've been, I guess, a lot more open here being gay than Detroit. What about being a interracial couple? Because I know that um, Canada has a pretty um, prevalent Indian community. So if you've been gay and black and an Indian married married couple, um, how is that dynamic in to in Toronto? Um, be being gay and being into an interracial. Well, when you see me as Sharon, I mean, me my you know my spouse. You know, they don't really, people don't really, they think we're friends. <laughs> so unless they inquire, you know, what we are, and then we tell them. But people don't really think of us anywhere here or nor in Detroit. So people just think we're friends. So, um, you know, so, yeah, we haven't had any really negative experience being together. No. Or any, um, we haven't had any strange looks, not to my knowledge, no. Oh, okay, that's really good. I'm happy to hear that. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I, we cannot overlook the fact that you actually went to India in 2006. Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you about your experience. Did you go with your husband or did you go alone? Uh, I, I actually went through my husband. Um, yeah, to meet his family. So we, I went over there to uh, to see his family, and yeah, that's when my first time being there. It was a culture shock being there because uh, it's totally different from the U.S. and Canada. Uh, it's a lot more busier than there, uh, there than here. So uh, there's a lot, a lot of organized chaos. Uh, there's a lot of cars on the streets. 
um, a lot of uh, hawkers, uh, a lot of um, people on the street. So um, yeah, it's just a lot louder than here. So you actually, when I first went to India, my senses just woke up. Um, uh, also, there's a lot of uh, poverty in India as well. So that also was, um, uh, you know, I was awakened to that as well. And so, um, yeah, India is a very um, interesting experience for me. So, uh, and there's a lot of food on the street as well. So, yeah, it's fun. It's a fun place. The people there are really nice. Um, I got a lot of stares in, in India too, so, for my skin color, so. Of course, I actually, um, something happened recently where there were Africans and they were attacked by Indians. Mm -hmm. So just by me knowing that being, you know, darker skin in Indian culture isn't necessarily considered a good thing, I would be skeptical mm -hmm. um, and also fearful going to that country. Um, what yeah. But you should, you should be fearful, though, because you need to... Um, that's the you need to experience it for yourself and develop your own opinion about it. Right. Were mm -hmm. you fearful? Like, were you nervous, nervous about um, his family and how they would, you know, accept you? Um, and did they, you know, accept you? Um, I can say I was nervous because I met his family uh, before I went to India. Actually, I met they came over to the U.S. and they actually met my parents in the U.S. And so we all we all went out for dinner. We went to Bina Hanas for for our family meeting. So we all got to know each other. Then when I went, I just went over to meet his cousins and um, his friends mostly. So when I went. So, so uh, when I went over to meet them, I was nervous about his friends, and uh, but they all took me, and you know they accepted me, accepted us. So I didn't have any bad experience. Um, so yeah, everything was good. Yeah, it was a good experience. Uh, we can when I say about um, you said a Jamaicans got attacked in India. No, I never. Was, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Africans. Oh, Africans. Yeah. Uh, I, no, um, I never witnessed like any negativity when it comes to uh, Indians. Um, they actually they look at me. Uh, there was I, I, I thought it was racism at first when I first went over there, but actually my spouse was telling me uh, they staring at you because you are a novelty to them because it's, there's not a lot of black pe people in Mumbai, and so uh, when he saw me, they were staring at me because they never seen a black person before, perhaps. And so, but when I engaged with them, you know, saying, hello, how you doing? They were smile, uh, shake my hand. And, you know, you know, this is their first time shaking perhaps a black person's hand. Because, uh, yeah, so uh, I had to realize that because I didn't know because, you know, when someone stare at you from a different race in America, we just, um, automatically assume it's racism. So, <laughs> can we get judged by our skin in America? And so, in India, you know, not saying this, not saying this, not discrimination in in Mumbai or India. It's just the mentality is a little different from the America because, uh, like I said, uh, I was being stared at because you know perhaps they never seen a black person before, so they're very curious. So it's like that all around the world, actually. Okay, so um, because you know, 
you know, it's it's cool that you didn't think it was racism because, I mean, we can't ignore the fact that there is a lot of anti-blackness in the Indian community. Um, a lot yeah. of Indian people do hold, hold negative views towards um, black people here and yeah, or abroad. But what I find interesting is the fact that your husband seemed to be openly gay in India. So is there a lot of tolerance for gay men in India? A lot of time. No, they still fight for their rights in India. There's not a lot of tyrants. Um, so, um, but yeah, we in America, we're more advanced in the gay rights than India. So, um, yeah, it's still, it's still, it's still ongoing battle in India. Um, His so family. I, I, yeah, I'm sorry. His family seems to be really open about it. Yeah, his family's very open about it. Um, yeah, like my family. <laughs> so they yeah. very, you know, like I said, there are uh, you can't like swipe everyone, you know, with a brush when it comes to discrimination. His family, he came from an open family like me. Uh, not saying my parents were totally okay with it. You know, they still like, you know, had questions like who gonna carry the family's name and stuff like that. Oh, uh, yeah. So, uh, but like I said, I didn't get put out. Like most people right. get put out and shamed for it. That's the thing. So um, that's what. Uh, so our families just were open to it, but mostly fa most families that deal with gay uh, sons or daughters in India, they get put out. They get shamed for it. Um, so yeah, it's like everywhere else. Right. Um, mm -hmm. So. I definitely want to ask, and now I kind of know why interracial, because, you know, you are black. So was there ever a moment where you thought, I want to have a love story about two black men, or was it always going to be black and Indian or black or whatever? Like when you were thinking about writing a story, what thoughts did you have about writing a story as far as the two main characters being in love? Well, um, well, it always going to be uh, my always my idea was always going to, was going to be about a black man and an Indian guy because you know it's my experience as well. So um, I wanted to write that because I, you know, India is still going through um, not only India but Indians in general from around the world. You know, there's still a stigma of being, you know, gay and, you know, being not, you know, there's like, you can't be gay because you Muslim or, or a certain type of religion is just ridiculous. Uh, you know, you can be gay, no matter what your skin color is or what your religion is. And so that's the point I was trying to get across in the book as well. Um, you know, VJ, um, you know, he's you know, he's still, he's struggling with his sexuality. He doesn't know. He's curious, um, I would say. Uh, so when it comes to his, um, with his, with his parents, um, you know, he was just trying to, um, it was very hard for him to actually talk to his parents about it because the whole, uh, the culture, the way it's set up. And so, um, I also want to get that across in a book. And so, 
when it came to Pierre, Pierre was very open sexually. Um, so uh, BJ, he was very, he was digging at how truthful, you know, Pierre was about his sexuality, sexuality, how comfortable he was. And so, um, yeah, I was just, also wanted to show that dynamic where it came to cultures interacting with each other. Um, because you don't see it a lot in novels. I mean, you see an Indian guy interacting with a white guy or a white woman, but you never see that actually dynamic dynamic of an Indian guy interacting with an African-American guy or a, a Jamaican guy or a Jamaican girl. Whatever, you don't see that much in novels, and especially in gay novels. I haven't read in gay novels like that, actually, when it comes to the Indian culture. And so I just wanted to showcase that. I thought it would be unique and different. Um, and so, yeah, that's the re main reason why I decided to have two characters from two different backgrounds from, you know, from America, from being African-American and being Indian. I thought it would be an interesting dynamic to put them together and see how everything would unfold from their experiences and share their experiences together. Yeah, um, I think it's time for us to, I want, because I want to get into the novel and I want to talk about Pierre because Pierre, like you said, he's very open and comfortable, you know, with himself. Mm -hmm. And he's not that stereotypical, like tough, masculine, mm -hmm. um, black man. Did you on purposely make him, you know, be not, not stereotypical, mm -hmm. but, you know, for him to be that way and not be what I feel like a lot of the LGBT community tries to put out about, um, you know, black men, basically. Uh, I'm not fine. I didn't make, um, or we had no intentions making Pierre any type of way. Um, I didn't feel like he really fit the stereotypical way of a gay black man. Um, I feel like, you know, I feel like his friend, um, Demarcus, was more flamboyant than Pierre. I don't know, you know, you know Demarcus from Atlanta, but uh, I feel like Pierre was, you know, um, I don't know. I thought he was just a regular guy, <laughs> you know, going about. I mean, he was feminine, more feminine than uh, I guess BJ or, or DeAndre, but right. um, you know, um, I, I thought he was just. I was just wrote him as he was. I, I don't know if he was like stereotypical or no. I, like I think I might have misspoke. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say stereotypical, but he definitely wasn't that. You know what's up, my nigga? Like he wasn't that. Yeah, yeah. Because Pierre, he was actually just um, uh, he was just a guy who's dealing with the issues of life. Um, he's uh, you know, he just. He was just um, just a layback uh, type of guy. Not you know he didn't party too much. Um, he was trying to find his career in life, which most people, most thirty year olds and young generation, uh, young people deal deal with in life. So yeah, I think he was just a regular guy. Most people will just make their own opinion about Pierre. Um, so yeah. Okay, so, so to give some background, this mm -hmm. book is called um, Confused Spice. It's, it's a gay love story between two men. Um, the main character, well, the two main characters, one is Pierre, and he is um, a African-American man. He's from 
America. He moves to um, Toronto because his um, fiance slash partner got a job at, I guess, a Canadian news station. And he ends up meeting VJ, who is um, a Indian of Guyanese descent. And, you know, they meet and they kind of meet as friends, but eventually there is some kind of mutual attraction that does build between them. Um, and we already talked about um, VJ's um, twist. I like how you did make him more urban because he could have been like, um, I'm guessing your husband who is from India. I'm sure he's not very urban. He probably has, he's probably very Indian, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I like how you did that. Did, did you, um, so I feel like you wanted to make it a very, a Toronto feel, basically. Like, it was very... You know, VJ, when it came to VJ, I, um, I have friends that are Indian here from different parts of the world. And so VJ, he just reminds me of one of the guys I hang out with that's Indian. And he's into hip hop and you know, so, you know, it, I just, you know, that's how I came up with VJ because I have friends like him. Um, so that's how VJ actually came about. Um, and you don't see guy, Indian guys uh, represented in novels that's um, like VJ uh, with, you know, that love urban music and not really into their, um, not don't want to take on their traditional culture and you know so they're more like um one like a millennium babies and so they live more open than their parents and so uh i feel like those type of guys not really showcased in novels and so i just want to sh showcase vier saying that we hear and you know that's what that declaration was about about vj Okay, and the book's t um, title is called Confused Spice. I think that the book looks really good. I like the um, the picture on top, and I like the name. So I'm guessing with the book being called Confused Spice, I'm guessing that the J is Confused Spice, basically. Is that is that what you what you? Oh. VJ yeah. is confused spice. No, they both are they both are confused actually. <laughs> because like oh, I can say they, they're trying to figure out their lives, right? And this is it's like they both of them they just lost in life. And so and they both have a mutual love for cooking. And so um, you know, there's a little play in there. Uh like I said, I want I would like for the readers to have the owner interpretation of this the the, uh, what the title means to them, but uh, I little hint, but they both are confused about life, and okay. yeah, and the, the reason why the cover, the reason why I did the cover the way it is, is because uh, when you look at gay novels, especially black gay novels, there's not really a really a huge positivity in a in, on when it comes to gay novels. Um, usually, it's you know, a black guys very sexualized with his shirt off. And stuff like that, and I didn't want—I didn't want um, my novel to actually be like that. I, want, I actually wanted to do something really positive, something very, um, very classy uh, on the cover. Uh, you know, not 
did uh, didn't grade anyone that have a shirt off a guy uh, off that decided to have a guy shirt off or something like that. But uh, I'm just saying is some of, of the novels out there are done very distasteful, and I feel like it doesn't really represent uh, the whole of the gay black community because I, I just feel like we look at as sexualized objects. And so I just wanted to put a novel out there that's, that's very positive, that show us in a good light more than being very sexual. Exactly. I did want to say that my interpretation of the title, Confused Spice, mm-hmm. what I initially thought was, okay, um, one of the main characters is Indian. Indians are known for their spices. And one of the characters, um, Jay, he's he's conf- he's kind of confused because he's trying to figure out his sexuality. Does he like men? Because when the novel first starts off, he you know he's kind of with women, but you know when he meets Pierre, things start to change. So I'm thinking that confused spice was him, but I do like the fact that. You know, they they both are kind of confused and trying to figure out their lives. So I like that the title may um, Pierre and Jay, but I also like the fact that it is up for um, interpretation. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I definitely had n- noticed was... I don't want to say that, because on the cover, you have Jay, he's looking straight forward, and then you have Pierre, he's kind of like looking at him with a smile on his face, kind of goofy smile, and I just thought that was so funny. Mm -hmm. What is that? Is that trying to, you know, highlight uh, Pierre's quirkiness? Uh, Yeah, Pierre, well, Pierre, he's... um... You know, he likes what he sees. Um, he finds VJ interesting. And so um, that comes across in a book. And so I just wanted to, uh, you know, find someone that actually represent him, represents him in a book. And, uh, yeah, and I just found that model. And so, uh, yeah, I thought these characters were were perfect rep- representation of these characters in the book. So uh, Pierre, yeah, he's a little quirky, a uh, little well, funny, DJ. Uh, he's he's serious in some ways because he yeah. wants to be on the right track and hold the re- the whole religion thing. And so uh, that's the reason why he looks so serious. So um, yeah, and he's also very mysterious. Like I feel like you know when you first read the book, you can tell that he's hiding a lot. Like he's not very upfront with a lot of his emotions, his feelings, and there is some kind of mysteriousness. With V with um, Vijay, um, and also the spices, and I just love the whole aesthetic of the book. So I have to commend you because there were certain parts of the book that were so descriptive, and it just really placed me in that moment. Is it, it was really happening to me? One of the parts that um stuck that stuck out to me. Not only because I'm a Rihanna fan, but because I just love the way you set up that um that part of the book was when they're first hanging out and they're um 
Jay is speeding the car and you're spinning round and round mm -hmm. and the only girl in the world but Rihanna is playing in the background. It it just like I I felt like I was in that car with them. Um mm -hmm. it, I just love that part. Like when you were um writing this book, were you paying attention to how descriptive you were with some of the scenes in the book? Um no, <laughs> like I said, we um, when you're a, when you're a writer, actually, um, you really don't know what you're going to write next. Sometimes you just write because um, some writers, what they do is they uh, they write like a topic of the sentence, what they're going to write about, like Pierre or VJ go to the supermarket, something like that. And so um, then when we start writing it, like the whole scene, so it, it could come about spontaneously. So that scene right there. Um, it came out about, you know, spontaneous. I mean, I, of course I've been to the supermarket before with friends and stuff like that, but some of the things were, you know, spontaneous. And so, um, yeah, I like Rihanna. <laughs> so of course, you know, I like that song as well. Right. So, uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, I love Rihanna. <laughs> I like that song. Oh, what's, your, what's your favorite song by her? Huh? What's your favorite song by Rihanna? Um, my favorite song would have to be Diamonds. Oh, I love that song. Yeah. But I also love What's My Name. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I love Work. I just yeah. But as of late, it's definitely been Love on the Brain. That was a big hit in, in here in the states. Mm -hmm. um, but I do love Rihanna. Um, I did want to ask because okay, so going a little bit into the book without, you know, telling too much. Um, Pierre, Pierre is dating, he's engaged to someone, um, Dre, DeAndre, and DeAndre is kind of down low, kind of, because, you yeah. know, he's down low to his family, but he's very open, you know, in Toronto about his relationship with Pierre. And then we have um, Pierre, to kind of get drawn in with Vijay, who is also kind of down low as well. Why down low? Why not have two openly gay men as the main characters of this novel? Well, because it's life. Uh, there are guys out there that are still struggling with their sexuality and afraid to come out. And so it's still an issue to, to get today in all races and all communities. And so is this something that still plagues the gay community today, being not open with their sexuality and being comfortable with themselves. And so I just wanted to also showcase that in these characters. And um, every characters have flaws. And so um, that just happens to be one of their flaws. One thing that I did notice about Pierre as a character is that in the gay community, we do have this thing. We have like masculine only, um, no films, mm -hmm. no flats. Yeah. It seems to me, because there was a, a one portion of the novel where Pierre pretty much says flat out that he's not really attracted to men on the feminine side and he's more attracted to a more masculine mm -hmm. man. Mm -hmm. Is Pierre that gay? <laughs> yeah. It's like, is this the, uh, you know, I can say that's one of Pierre's flaws as well. Um, the gay people do 
believe you know think that this like there's still discrimination against ourselves you know so there's you know we still feel this little shade like oh i don't want a film guy or i don't want uh you know we still like putting down ourselves you know our community and so um we do make snide remarks and so that's what so p that's pierre's flaw and so uh like like i said all these characters have flaws and um vj he comes like i said vj comes comes around as a homophobic i don't know you caught that in the beginning of the book and then after he got to know pierre vj actually didn't care care shit about what people thought of pierre or their relationship and so um you know it's just that it's just like the whole the whole um being comfortable with yourselves and an acceptance of others that's so interesting because reading the book i never got homophobic from jay mm -hmm. i never did um you know I, I he never really to me he just seemed like always at home with pierre like it just never seemed like there was any type of homophobic vibe coming from him like i know there's like this thing where straight guys don't you know lot like to do feminine things or come across as feminine mm -hmm. but i guess i'm so used to like this hyper masculine Lenity in, in our community that you know VJ also VJ comes off as mild in comparison to how some people are with um with you know the LGBT people. Yeah, VJ didn't get out of line with Pierre. You know, there's was any uh, derogatory language used towards Pierre when it came to his sexuality. However, there was some walls uh, with VJ. You know, not being really. That close to Pierre in the beginning of the book because he was gay. However, he did crave his company, um, but there was still like a little hesitance with VJ. Um, so yeah, that's that was one of his flaws that he had to get over. So in the book, um, they're neighbors. They're in this um, apartment complex. Um, they meet. And at first, they kind of bond over food because, like I said, mm -hmm. um, Pierre is in a culinary school. I'm not, I'm, he's like in classes, I think. Maybe not school, but he is cooking in yeah. class. And he meets him, and then they meet and bond over them cooking together because um, Vijay wants to learn how to cook or whatever. But they get closer and they get closer, and it just seems like to me, I don't know because I'm so used to, you know, that hyper masculine black man or like men just being completely not wanting to have any kind of friendship with gay men. It almost seemed kind of unrealistic how open Jay was to Pierre. And I wanted to ask you about that, like, what do you think that like looking at how it really is do you think that him being so open and him taking him out to places do you think that was kind of maybe unrealistic uh it's about vj taking pierre out to places yeah it just seemed like he like bringing him to parties with him with him being you know that a straight man and 
being quote unquote and down low. Uh huh. Being so that he was kind of down low. Oh, Pierre down low or no. oh, you talk about VJ being down VJ. low. And well, him around his family uh-huh. and then take him out to eat. Do you think that was kind of unrealistic? So when you talk about the part when VJ invited him to his parents' home. Yes, and then not only that, but just them going out to the store and going places. Mm-hmm. Oh no, that's realistic. Yeah, I have friends, uh, straight friends, actually that I hang around with, and we go out to eat, and we I go to their house and parties and stuff. So it's not really realistic because uh, I have straight um, Indian friends, uh, guy friends that you know. That I hung out, hang out with. Also, yep, you know my husband. He's Indian. He has straight Indian male friends, and we hang out with them. And so, no, it's not realistic at all. Like, you know, I hang out with a lot of Indians, actually. So, yeah. Okay, so let me let me throw this this in. Mm-hmm. If we change the story and it's two black men, would it be different? Two black men. Um, yeah. What invited me over their house? Oh, you talking about Pierre? Find Pierre over their house? Because I feel like in the black community there is a lot of hyper masculinity in the black community, mm-hmm. and I feel like black men more than more than other races seem to be more homophobic. At least that's what the media portrays, and what mm-hmm. you know you kind of see black men doing on social media. You know them being very homophobic, and I don't really see that from a lot of other races. So. Yeah, Jay might have been, you know, inviting him to parties and going to the store and stuff. But if Jay was were perhaps a black man, would you agree that it probably wouldn't have went down like that, basically? Because even in the oh, inviting him like to his parents' homes and stuff like that, right? Because hey. even, even the book, um, DeAndre never um, invited him to the parents at first. Yeah, so but um. I can't say that by every black man in in a uh, in a relationship with another gay black man, like have, being a friendship type of thing. Because Pierre and Vida were friends, not in a relationship. And so um, there's uh, there's black men. I'm pretty sure there's black men uh, that invite another gay man to their parties. I mean, it'd be very ignorant me to say it's not. That never happened. So um, yeah. Uh, I'm not quite sure it's a huge, it's prevalent uh, the discrimination against uh, other straight black men against um, against other gay men when it comes to a friendship. Uh, I never experienced anything really negative when it comes to uh, hanging around a straight uh, black friend and he's being like, you know, very derogatory towards me or very uh, just vicious or anything like that. Um, so, um, yeah, I just never have that experience of another, uh, like, not saying there's not a, snick, a stigma in a black gay community. Uh, there are some people that, uh, there are some black people, black men that's very not accepting of, uh, gays, but I just don't hang around, uh, black men that have an issue with my sexuality. Even they do have a sexual issue with my sexuality, they haven't confronted me about it as a man so um yeah um let's get to um vijay's 
parents, his stepfather and his mother, because in the movie, I mean, in the uh, movie, but I wish it was a movie, maybe in the future, but in the novel, he is, um, he's not close with his mother. Um, They have, like, they have a very estranged relationship, but they do communicate because I feel like, um, she supports him like she pays his rent and she pays for his college. So I feel like he feels obligated to have her around in some way. But there was a lot of hypocrisy in that relationship. And I thought it was really um, funny to me because when it comes to people persecuting gay people, especially in the black church and in the, in the black community, there's a lot of um, hypocrisy. like. They do their sins, but they act like being gay is like the worst thing ever. And with his mother, you know, because we mentioned that Vijay did invite Pierre to a party, and then mm-hmm. his um, family saw, and they they weren't having it. They were just like, "Don't bring him to the house. He's um, gay, and we're not losing our son." So, I did you purposely, but also because expanding on his mother, she is married to a white man. She's in an interracial relationship being Indian, but after she sees um, Pierre, she tries to push Jay into a more traditional Indian route, have an arranged marriage. Um, Did you purposely try to set up that um, that hypocrisy? Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah. There's, um, yeah, her character is interesting um, because uh, there are some Indians are in, in Indian women or Indian men. They are in interracial relationships. Um, however, when it comes to their children, if they uh, they still they still want to um, kind of just set up. Uh, like a life for their children that's on a, that they seem is very upright and on the right path. And, but, but if it's like deviate from uh, what they want their life to be, um, you know, there's tradition that would come, come into play. Um, so that's what she was all about with the whole tradition and culture thing when she, uh, when she saw Pierre with VJ. So she was like, Okay, you know, like this is not going to happen. He's gay. What you doing with gay friends? So that's uh, gay people was not really a part of her world, you know. She, uh, so she was uh, she felt threatened by Pierre, um, saying that VJ is gay. You know, she was afraid that you know you know you have some people like you know get you know hang around with gay people, it rub off on you, right? There are some people that think that. So I, she's one of those characters that think that. And so, um, yeah, she was just an interesting character. Uh, so, yeah, she was just a mess. I was really surprised because the stepfather, he was white and he seemed very liberal. Mm-hmm. But completely backed um, I don't know. I just got a liberal vibe from him. I don't know why. Like, I didn't feel like he was. I didn't feel like he would be homophobic. 
Or her. He is, he, he is a layback. However, but he want to back up his wife. Um, you know, he just want to back up his wife on her on her um, views. So, uh, yeah, this is what he was. Just a backup, <laughs> you know? And so, but uh, he's a, he, is, he is a very level-headed character. He's not really confrontational. Um, but... Um, she control things, you know, she runs things in the household. And so that's how she was. So he's not gonna really, you probably rationalize with her, you know, but usually she gets what she wants at the end of the day. So he knows <laughs> who's the boss is, who wears the pants in the house, so. Right. One mm -hmm. thing that I like that I already mentioned was how you made things very descriptive. I feel like there's a lot of detail in this novel. Um, there was a lot of um, playing songs, playing music, and I know at one point Drake, you know, Find Your Love was playing in the mm -hmm. background in the novel, and it just like brought me back to that place and just me hearing it. So it was, it just it was good for me to have those kind of little touches inside the novel. But I noticed that Jay, the Jay, he had kind of like a theme song where he was always playing 99 Problems. And if you know that song, it's 99 Problems and mm -hmm. that bitch ain't one. So I yeah. wonder, is that you being cheeky? Because <laughs> uh -huh. a bitch not being one of them because he might be gay. Is that what she was trying to do? Oh, hear that? Yeah. <laughs> It's for you to uh to figure that out, actually. <laughs> that's what I wanted to do. But that's interesting. It's interesting that you uh, caught on on that. But mm. that's what I wanted to do. <laughs> that's it. That's his. That's his theme song. That's the uh, you know. There's a lot of um cheeky stuff that goes on in the book. Um, and I just feel like it's for the off. That's the fun about being a writer. It's just for the off. I mean, for the viewer, uh, for the reader to take away and come up with their own little uh, view about it, so, yeah. Exactly, mm -hmm. and it's really those little touches in this book that make it extremely good, like, cause, because, you know, this book stands out to me because of how descriptive it is and these little touches and the mm -hmm. cheekiness and the innuendos, and one of those is definitely the use, the use of the word sex. I love the way you use the word sex. Yeah. It, it's different, it's refreshing, it's sexy. It's, why did you do that? Because, okay. Oh, uh -oh. I just didn't want to be like, you know, cause but, I really, I read a lot of, I read um, gay literature. Um, and not the gay literature, I read urban literature too. And so I didn't want it to be vulgar actually. Like very vulgar because some novels can really be vulgar, and so me, um, can I stop you because I don't because I, I, I feel like we need to explain yeah. how you use before you actually go into why you did it. Mm -hmm. So in place of the word, in place of like Jay's private part or you know a sexual act, he'll say sex. For example, you know I. I your butt in my pants and my sex was hard. Mm -hmm. That's how Mathis set it up. And if you can continue to explain why you did that. 
told because I didn't. I mean, I could use other terminology for sex, but it's not erotica or like you know a really ratchet urban literature. So um, I just wanted to be. Um, I just wanted to be a smooth book. I'll be very like raunchy with it. Uh, like I become very descriptive when it comes to sex, whatever, because it happens. We all have sex, but I didn't want to get really raunchy with it. When people are like, oh, this is disgusting. Why are you using this terminology for this? But um, I don't feel like it was the book for that terminology, other terminologies. And so if I was writing erotica or anything really ratchet, I would, of course I would get down and dirty with it. But this book really doesn't. Uh, you can have a feel what this, uh, what your book is called for, how it's supposed, the tone's supposed to be sound. And so this book is just, uh, supposed to be fun and very flirty, not really ratchet or anything very vulgar or anything like that. It's just supposed to be very sexy and very um, smooth. There was a lot of, you know, flirtation in the um, book, but mm. I don't want to um, give the, the, the audience or potential readers the wrong idea. Even though you were very descriptive and very flirty and you weren't as raunchy, there was some sex going mm -hmm. on. Of course, yeah. Of course. And then, he has, you know, he has so many naughty thoughts and stuff. And he, I think he's a little more raunchy than Pierre when it comes to his thoughts. Um, right, but, but uh, I, I, I think that's what was shock. I think that'd be a shocker what people be, think about Pierre. I mean, VJ, when when we see his thoughts when it comes to sex, so um, yeah, <laughs> but even Pierre has all his little wild side, his little sex page too. Mm -hmm. so, well, what, what parts are you talking about? You talking about him and Dre? Uh, yes, I'm definitely talking about okay. that part uh -huh. where he is giving um Dre head. Yeah, uh-huh. That part was very descriptive and it I definitely saw it in my mind. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it was like Well, I uh, think we all well, I'm not gonna say we all, but um you know, it would go down down in your bedroom. It's your business, but um, they're they they together. You know, they're that's his uh, fiance, and so it's whatever they can do whatever they want to do. <laughs> so, um, so that's what that's all about. But um, yeah, that's what you know. That's the sex. At the end of the day, they're in a, in a relationship, so they can do whatever. Exactly. Mm -hmm. One of the last points that I did have was I love the fact that you did touch on the caste system in India and the colorism. Um, it really surprised me how open Jay was about the the importance of light skin in the Indian community, and even when you know, because I mentioned that there was a part of the book where there was might have been or could be a, a arranged marriage between Jay and some other girl and then the parents were like um you know don't mind the the, the, the um, difference in cast so that really showed me that did you do a lot of research on the caste system in India or did your husband fill you in and why do you feel the need to put that part 
in the book. Uh, about the caste system? The caste yeah. system and the colorism. Um, the, oh, the caste system in India. I, I touched on it a little bit. I really didn't touch on it a lot. I mostly touched on colorism, not much so uh, the caste in India. But however, I did receive my research from my sister-in-law, my husband, my, you know, the, his side of the family, and from and some of us from research. And so, um, yeah, so I got that part for them. But when it comes to colorism, um, I wanted to show, uh, like, VJ, he is a dark-skinned uh, dark Indian. Um, so you don't see that representation in novels when it comes to dark-skinned Indians. Uh, you don't see any representation when it comes to seeing them on a novel. And so that's the reason why I, I wanted to have a dark-skinned Indian in the book because uh, I just feel like, you know, there's not enough reputation. Because uh, you always see a light-skinned Indian. You don't really don't see. They come in all different shades, like African-Americans. Uh, so I also want to uh, showcase that in the book. And, um, yeah, and that's the reason why I touched on that a little bit. Because Pierre, he... Um, he sees uh, VJ and he thought he was black because of his hairline. You know, VJ had like a close cut fade, and oh, he actually, and he that. not even just Pierre, but also DeAndre. Uh, pick up on it as well, either. DeAndre what? De um, DeAndre didn't know that, that he was not black either. Oh yeah, De uh, DeAndre didn't know VJ was black either. Just the way he looked. Um, right. So we have these reputation how how someone's supposed to look, and uh, and like for example, um, VJ thought Pierre was uh, he thought he was from the Caribbean because he was black, and so we have these reputations of people. We the first impression we would see them. So you know it's crazy so, so it's like you never know where someone is from unless you talk to them so this is these you know these um prejudice that we that we uh come up with about other people without even knowing them so i want to come i want to put that in a book and pierre was like you know i'm not from the caribbean it's actually african-american i'm american actually and vj that's just blows vj mike he never met an african-american guy before living in toronto and so yeah. And he spent his whole life in Toronto. And so um, that was really, uh, that opened his mind a little bit. And not only that, Pierre made judgments too. He thought he was from India. And, you know, and BJ was like, no, I actually Guyanese. And so, yeah, so that's, so I just want people to know, you know, you, know, you can't really pinpoint where someone are, is by the color of their skin or, the way they talk or whatever, so yeah. Um, who were there any um authors who influenced you in writing this book? Mm, so many influenced me in writing this book, actually. Um, but if I have to say, say, say a couple, I would have to say, um, Elaine Harris, of course, he's one of the best gay novelists. His novels is, uh, uh, is very funny, flirty, classy. And I also like his style 
of writing when it comes to his characters. His characters always had these professions, um, being a news reporter or working at a magazine or being an NFL player. His character's development was very spectacular. You know, it was like, it, he have, they have issues. And so um, he was an awesome novelist that spoke on really important issues like guys living on a DL or he talks about, he talks about HIV. Um, so it was a loss when we lost him to, um, to heart issues. And so he just, he was a voice to be reckoned with in our era. I feel like to me, he reminds me of James Bowen in our, in, in the nineties. Um, so he was just, he was just an awesome writer. I can't even explain how awesome he was. And, um, another author I really like is Jane Austen. Uh, she write, uh, she's, she writes romances and she's, she, she writes Victorian romances. And so, uh, she's a really funny, uh, a really funny, uh, writer. Uh, she also talks, she, at that time, I heard in her day, she talked about class, classism, um, in her time. And so I thought that was very interesting. And she's, um, yeah, one of my, I like all her novels, actually. I like everything, Pride and Prejudice and uh, Mansfield Park. So she talks talks about the, the divide between the rich and the poor. And so her novels are very interesting. Can you repeat the name of the first author that you named? Elaine Harris. Elaine Harris. Elaine. Elaine Harris. Elaine Harris. Yes. Okay, I got you. Um, I think that pretty much will conclude the our our talk. I had a good time. Please tell us where we can get confused spice. Uh, so you can get confused if you live in Canada. You can get confused spice at Indigo. Um, at Indigo stores, or um, you can get it online on Amazon or Book a Million, um, Barnes and Nobles, or you can just go to my website and I have a lot of um, stores you can get it from. You also can get it from um, a Glad Day Bookshop, which if you if you live in a Toronto gay area, you can get it from Glad Day Bookshop. Uh, they actually were the first one that to promote me, and so uh, Glad Day Bookshop is. It's also a place to get my book because not only that you get it from Glad Day Bookshop, you're also supporting the the gay literature and and the gay community if you buy from the gay bookstores. So that's um, it. yeah, and that's I a, got I mean, it from Glad Day Bookshop. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, get it from you know support your gay bookstores because uh, without them, you know we want to have um, authors like me or any other gay black authors or any other um, gay authors that's trying to promote their work. So they are the first ones to actually show love. So uh, like for any person that is gay who are even thinking about writing a book, you know, the first person, the first thing you should do is, is go to a gay bookstore because they'd be happy to promote your book for you. So uh, that's be my advice to any gay ins inspiring writer. That's really that's really good advice. Do you think that there is a need for more gay novels? Maybe. Uh, gay novels or gay black novels? Or yeah. 
I'm sorry. Yeah, black. Black. Oh, of course. Like, um, I don't. To me, uh, I don't see a lot of gay black novels on the shelves in a gay bookstore. Uh, what about you? Do you think there's a lot of gay black novels on the bookshelves today? Um, can, you are um the first. You, this, your your book is actually the first gay novel I actually read. Oh, why is that? So, huh? Oh, why is that? Um, I don't, I have no reason. There mm -hmm. was a point where I just was like, I'm going to get some books and I watched your channel and then I was like, I, I want to read this book. But I also got Giovanni's Room. Oh, with, that's a great book. Yeah. That's James yeah. Bowen. Yeah. That's, then I also, um, that's one of the novels also inspired by, uh, also was inspired by James Bowen, James Bynish Room, where he kind of took a few spice. Uh, I like the whole, it's the whole dynamic. Have you read it yet, actually? I haven't read it yet. Oh, okay. So you would get the, the same kind of feel from it because James Bowen lived in, uh, he lived in New York and he moved to, um, I think somewhere in France and he developed a romance there. And so um, it's funny how similarities work when it comes to other authors. But um, yeah, it's so funny. It's just, uh, it's, it's, it was just a different time. He was very, he was a, um, a trailblazer. Uh, people, it was, when he first came out with Jim Varnish Room, you know, he got very bad reception with the novel because it was very different. It was gay, risque. And, you know, he just, he was just very bold with it. With it, give it a time frame which the book came out, and so if you know if you were to read it now, it probably wouldn't be so impactful because we have a lot of other, you know, gay novelists and another another black gay novelist that came before him, I mean after him, but just when, before you when you read it, you know, just consider the, the, the time which was written. So I think you'll really enjoy it. Okay, mm -hmm. um, and I also got some short stories. Black gay short stories from, I think his name was Kwame. Uh, I can't think of his last name, but I know his first name is Kwame. Mm -hmm. so, uh, what's um, the name of the book? I don't have it. It's upstairs. Um, okay. I really didn't really get to read a lot of other books because, you know, I'm in school right now. So I'm kind of busy reading textbooks and stuff. So reading books and textbooks. But I did finish your book, and I just had to talk to you. And I want to thank you for granting me this honor of speaking with you about the book. I really enjoyed myself. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I mean, it was an honor to just be on your podcast. Your podcast. So this was very exciting and fun. Exactly. Thank you. Hopefully, you can come back in the future. Yeah, of course, of course. I would love to. So you know, no hesitation. Talk about different issues and stuff that may just be going on in the world. Maybe after I um, read uh, Giovanni's room, maybe I might want to talk to you about something. But mm -hmm. thank you. I'm going to sign off right now. Do you have any last part and words you want to say? Um, just for those who are listening, just be yourself. You can't be no one else but yourself. So uh, just accept yourself and and just be you. That's it. <laughs>
<laughs> that was really good advice. Um, thank you, mm-hmm. Magnus, for for um, talking with us. And this is Strange Black Media. And bye. Peace. See ya.